0: This is The Shift
1: Podcast.
0: Today on The Shift Daily Podcast, Mike Yanni fills in for Blaine Kylo, talking about new Samsung phones that fold and make big screens, plus a new way, glamorous way, to compost in your kitchen in a day. Why is nicotine so addictive? We talk smoking with Eric Donnie. He's a tobacco expert and helps us understand how vaping can be better but selling nicotine, generally not good. And also, Game Showy is back, it's Canadian trivia, Ben O'Hara-Byrne from A Little More Conversation joins us to battle it out. All of this and more on the Shift Daily Podcast.
2: This is the Shift Podcast.
0: It is a technological world and Blaine Kylo has taken the week off this week for some family time which is all good because it allows me to bring another friend in on the program. Now, if you ever watch TV, you've seen Mike Yanni, the gadget guy. He's been on the TV forever. His handsome face plastered there on your screen. He's also on YouTube, Mike Yanni, the gadget guy, give that a search. And we will post a link to his channel at shiftheads.ca by the way. Now, before I start sharing some revealing stories, uh, Mike, how are you? Thanks for
1: being here. Part of the shift. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So Mike and I, actually have never worked together but we have worked for in the same building even though it wasn't really the same company and then it was the same company but then it wasn't the same company and then it definitely wasn't the same company (laughs) um but we did get to see each other quite often so it's really nice to reconnect mike
1: it is yeah we used to walk by each other all the time and the studios are right next to each other
0: literally right next to each other so that's kind of cool and so you're keeping to it with the gadget things um you know, plus you're, you're, you're all in this world of talking about the gadgets. So with Blaine being away, filling in for Blaine Kylo, Mike Yanni, let's get into the gadget, shall we?
1: Sure, let's do it.
0: Okay, you were talking about Samsung phones. We here on The Shift earlier in the week, uh, Ryan has made the move from his Android and his Samsung to an iPhone. He loves the new iPhone. And I, because of my car, the app I needed to read my car doesn't come for an iPhone. So I had to go source an Android phone. So all in one weekend, we both, although I didn't leave my iPhone, I just got like a cheapo freebie um, (laughs) for the Android, but we've both made the switch. So there is some exciting new things that's coming out with Samsung. What do you got?
1: Yeah. Okay. How do you feel about foldable phones? When I say foldable, I mean a foldable screen.
0: Okay. My, my frugal side is terrified of them yep. because I'm so afraid of the fragility. I was so excited. I think Ericsson came out with some of the first ones, right? And they they didn't. They basically stopped selling them right away uh, because of it. The notion of a foldable phone that I get more screen to work on and watch shows. I think that's really cool.
1: Right. The idea is intriguing. It is, and so mm-hmm. Samsung. Kind of about four years ago, they kind of launched the boat on this. There's been talk about folding folding screens for years. So four years ago, Samsung unveiled the Galaxy S fold and the Galaxy Z flip. Sorry, not S. The Galaxy Z fold, the Galaxy Z flip. So two different styles. One opens up like a book, and the other opens up almost like a makeup compact. It's smaller and it opens yeah. up.
0: I like that one because it was like it felt like the old flip phones,
1: right? Like a razor. Remember the yeah, razor?
0: Exactly. Yes, it, exactly like that. Yeah. The old Nokia's, yeah, thin and, like a razor.
1: And Motorola hasn't forgotten about that, by the way, because they have their own foldable screen phone. Yeah.
0: Hello, Moto.
1: <laughs> Great marketing. Um, yeah, you know what? But when they first came out, people jumped on it because it was interesting. But some problems. Number one, super expensive. You're looking at super you know expensive. two thousand dollars for these. Uh, you have a foldable screen that they say is glass quote-unquote glass it's not really glass it may be a type of glass but it's kind of like a hard plastic right
0: glass adjacent
1: yeah exactly so there is a screen protector on that and over the four years of course they made improvements but uh, people complained that the screen protector would bubble debris would get underneath screen protector so before you know it, there's dust under there uh there's fingerprints or not fingerprints um uh The screen itself where it folds, you can see that. You can see the actual fold. Mm -hmm. So certainly problems and problems with the hinge. They've made Mm -hmm. improvements over the past three years, hundred percent, but there's still been problems. So Samsung now announcing the fourth version of both of them.
0: Okay. And, well, okay, so one thing with my MacBook, my MacBook Air. So when I close the shell and I, from all of my dirty fingers on the typing, the oil from the keys, now the keys don't scratch the, the screen. Because I've cleaned it. It comes off. I mean, maybe a tiny little bit, but nothing noticeable. But the oil, the dirty fingers of mine that have been all over the keys, that oil gets on the screen. I imagine that would be a similar problem you'd go through with this.
1: There's no keys. So you don't have to worry about that same kind of... I know exactly what you're talking about. It happens to me all the time. However, I mean, our fingers get a little bit grubby. Shane, wash your hands, you grimy bugger. (laughs) (laughs) So... Of course, that's going to show, but I mean, you can just wipe it off. That's not a big deal. That that wasn't the biggest problem. The biggest problem, of course, was the fact that you have a folding screen, and of course, problems can you know things can happen. So yeah, they have announced mm-hmm. their fourth version of each one, and some people were a little bit surprised. They were hoping for maybe a bigger step in innovation here. Uh, really, what they did was they upgraded the processor in both of them. Uh, They changed the hinge a little bit so it's a little bit thinner, Uh, they say that the screen isn't quite as noticeable, the folding screen isn't quite as noticeable, and they bumped up the camera. You know, you're paying a $2000 premium for a foldable phone, yet it had a 12-megapixel camera. Well, cameras Mm -hmm. have gone way past that, and Samsung's already, you know, dabbling in 104-megapixel cameras, so now you have a 50-megapixel camera, right, it's huge. So they finally made some changes. Prices are still up there though. I mean, they're still hovering around the $2,000 mark. So it's certainly still a premium prices are not coming down. Um, I I've used them off and on over four years. I like them. I like the idea of them, but here's the one issue I have, especially with the Galaxy Z fold. This is the one that opens up like a book when it's closed. Yeah. It's tall and narrow. It's, more narrow than your regular smartphone screen so i find it a little bit odd to actually do work on it as a closed oh, device but when you open it up all of a sudden it's a little bit too big you have big. a tablet but not quite a tablet and so it's a little bit awkward to have in your hand there is the s pen that you can use which is like a stylus so that was always my problem with fold, and of course battery life uh, battery life was never great you always had to charge at some point throughout the day i've always grad kind of gravitated towards the fold or sorry the flip the one like the makeup yeah. compact because yeah. it could fit in your back pocket that one made sense and that's the one i've used more over the past couple of years
0: it's interesting well it's my thumbs mike it's my thumbs that when i pick up my phone and i'm holding it and, I, and then i gotta reach to the top left corner with my right thumb and that's what i imagine would be uh really not okay because you have to be two-hand engaged as soon as you open it because you can't reach Right. I mean, the people that get the, the the big size phones, the six inch screen phones, they I don't understand. Like, do they have superhuman thumbs like gadget <laughs> thumbs that just they reach? Because that to me seems to be one of the most inconvenient parts.
1: It takes years of practice there. Shane. You, you work on it. Is that what it is? Yeah. I'll yeah work you on just it. need to exercise <laughs> your thumbs. Yeah. When you get into the phablets, there's what I call them, a phone slash tablet. It, it gets tough. And even with the Galaxy Z Fold 4, um, because it's still tall and narrow, I still have that problem reaching up all the way to the top of the screen that's mm-hmm. yeah, so it's not going away
0: but exciting though is it safe to say maybe not quite there yet but still pretty darn exciting
1: i wouldn't say it's not quite there yet but uh, you know i'll say this exciting because when you think about smartphones over the past five six years yeah. have you seen a phone that you you saw a new feature and said i have to have that yeah that's it's right. mostly been new processors so okay you're a not bit faster, a little bit better camera but um, let's be honest cameras are really good right now already what more mm-hmm. do you need in a camera mm-hmm. so at least a foldable phone is new it's innovative they're trying something different and they're not the only ones as i mentioned earlier uh, motorola they have their razor they had a, already a flip version with a folding screen they're going to have another one out uh, there's a couple other companies also going to be releasing foldable phones this year so i mean samsung though is, is definitely in the lead though they've, they've sold quite a yeah. few of these devices
0: I imagine some of the gaming folks would love them too. So that's pretty fascinating to think, um, because then you get more screen for your Clash of Clans or whatever it is that you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So. uh,
1: I love the idea. Cool stuff. I really do. I Mm -hmm. love the idea. Do you need one? No. Of course you don't need a folding phone, but it is it is kind of cool.
0: It is cool. Mike Yanni is filling in for Blaine Kylo here. It's a technological world. You have another story that relates really right to the kitchen, as I have in my kitchen right now. My organics bin is full and I hate taking it out because it's always by the time a couple days later, you know, the waters kind of seep to the bottom. It's grungy. It's gross. You take it out to the green bin and the green bin. Oh, my God. It's like somebody hit a body in (laughs) there. It smells so bad. And then, you know, all of this stuff, right? Like, it's crazy um, how bad it smells. But then we look at organics and we look at all of that stuff. It sure would be nice to be able to reuse. I look at all the coffee grounds I throw away that I don't use because I don't have a real garden. I just have planters. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's some great solutions and you found one.
1: You know, I've been reviewing tech for almost 20 years now. And there's very few things that surprise me. It takes a lot to get to my attention. So when I hear a claim about a device that can turn kitchen scraps into soil in a matter of hours... I was there. I had to test this out. And I'm talking about Lomi. So the idea of a kitchen or a countertop composter actually has gone back a few years. Uh, you've heard of the Consumer Electronics Show. Mm-hmm. About five, pretty, six years I'm ago. I'm pretty
0: sure that's where your uh, handy Andy Burrard glow stick story came from. But yeah. The
1: funny story about that. I actually <laughs> turned the shift on last summer as I was driving. And you heard court, it? And I heard my <laughs> name. The first thing I did was hear my name, and then I hear Andy talking about CS. Well, uh oh. L- but regardless, I've got hey, I've got lots of Andy stories too. But that's for another that's another good. conversation for another day. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do that.
0: Filling in for Blaine Kyle this week is Mike Yanni, the gadget guy. Mike, before the break, there before we were making fun of Handy Andy, we were talking about Lomi and composters for your countertop in your kitchen.
1: So whirlpool had something they called the zero food recycler which actually kind of sounds gross and, and in yeah. a sense it is it was a big bin you put all your food in it and they claimed that it would make it into a material that you can put in your your garden once a week fast forward five years it's not for sale anymore uh those no. who tried it basically said it minced your food up and then that was it they put it in the garden and it stunk and yeah. then it was attracting animals. So Whirlpool, and then the idea. So interesting that a company out of Kelowna, of all places, called Pella, has decided to create this countertop composter. It's a little bit different, though. So I don't know if you have you heard of Pella before.
0: I've uh not Pella. I heard the Lomi name before, but no, Pella is new to me. I like that. I'm just actually Googling it while you say that.
1: Yeah. So Pella, they made headlines a few years back because they created the world's most. Uh, the world's first compostable smartphone case
3: yeah.
2: which is
1: kind of cool uh and then they expanded cool. to compostable watch straps for your apple watch and then compostable airpod cases uh they actually have some really cool stuff on their website so yeah check it out um yeah, it is cool and then they came out with lomi which is certainly definitely making headlines and that's why i had to test it out so i've been testing it over the last couple of months and it's interesting have you seen pictures of lomi
0: yeah, it kind of looks like a pod uh, round. It actually looks like an air fryer, an old school uh, active fry air fryer yeah. on the counter.
1: Yeah, it. I kind of liken it almost to like an instant pot. You unlock, oh, very you, good. You, you unlock yeah. the lid and then you throw all your food in there. So you can throw almost anything in there uh, as long as it doesn't have any pits or giant seeds. But you name it, uh, dairy, meat, vegetables, coffee, it all goes in there. And then you put this little compost accelerator tablet in with it and just a little bit of water, like two tablespoons of water. Then you close the lid and then you start it up and away you go, you wait. So there's three modes. So first mode they call Eco Express. It can be done in three to five hours. And there you go, you've got your compostable material. There's another mode that takes a little bit longer, five to eight hours. The interesting thing about this one is it's super high heat. So you can actually use compostable packaging. So hmm. any of the cardboards and uh, bags and things like that. But the one I wow. think most of our listeners will probably relate to is called grow mode. It takes 21 hours. This is what you want to make compost. It does it at a low heat. It grinds it. It heats it. It cools it. And it keeps all those micronutrients that you can actually put in your plants. So Hmm. I read it all. I started it up. And I had no idea. You know, it was an interesting review for me because I honestly had no idea what to expect. This thing sat on my counter for 21 hours, whirring away, making noises. I opened it up and I had no idea. Was it going to be just a bunch of sludge in the bottom? (laughs) Was it going to be, you know, foul? I had no idea. And I was pleasantly surprised. Opened it up. And it's almost like it's sawdust. It's dry, a little bit of moisture in there, but it's fairly dry. It doesn't smell great, I will say that. It doesn't smell horrible, but doesn't smell great. And yeah, you can put it. I actually use it for my tomato plants, and they're really? doing well. I've got red tomatoes already.
0: Really? So there you go. So now we get to, we're gonna get some Greek salad or something from Mike on <laughs> over this.
1: So the idea is cool. I, I will give it that. There's definitely drawbacks to it, like everything. Uh, for example, when you do the compostable material, it doesn't it such a high heat that you can't use that for compost, nor do you really mm-hmm. want to use probably plastic bags in your compostable material in your garden. Um, Fair enough. You can only use the what they say is Lomi approved compostable packaging, and truth be known, the only ones that are com- that are Lomi approved are the ones that actually Lomi comes in. The box, the bag, and everything that Lomi comes in, that you can compost in the machine. I've tried other bags, like from co-op. Didn't work. Even though they said biodegradable, it came out in a big piece. In the end, didn't work. Um, It's kind of loud. 65 decibels, which isn't bad, but if it's running for 21 hours, I made the mistake of putting it in our kitchen, which you're supposed to, but we have an open concept house. And my wife is watching TV, and she's like, seriously, can you move that thing? (laughs) because <laughs> after 10 oh. hours you notice it you know yeah yeah
0: well and of course in the middle of the night it's running or whatever right like yeah. that would start to add up yeah they've got some fascinating marketing on this too mike they've got um on the website anyway they basically are at least they look like they're doing a great marketing they've got their inventory capped out right if you want to get in on your inventory you got to buy it now or else you got to wait till next month so not only do they have some creative product here but they actually have some very creative marketing
1: no 100% hundred percent and there's something else that you need to you know take into consideration too you are using energy so you know i i wasn't able to see what you know what wattage this thing was using but that comes into play uh and there's the constant cost of running it you do have to buy charcoal pellets for the filters otherwise it would smell but i will say it, it yeah. didn't smell i was pleasantly surprised when i was throwing in moldy pizza and all the stuff was like oh my gosh what is this going to smell like when it's heating up you could not smell a thing which is great uh, but you also wow. have to keep buying the Lomi. um compostable accelerator tablets so you know it's going to cost you probably depending on how much you use it once two hundred dollars a year just for that but overall you know i think the best job that did was made you realize how much stuff you're throwing out Mm -hmm. you know how much waste we go through how much food we waste all the time because when you start filling that bucket every day and all of a sudden you don't have room in the bucket because you're throwing away too much stuff it certainly makes you realize that you know you need to cut back or find a better
0: usage for it you know that that, well my green bin is huge and uh i mean even my trimmings from my plants outside this year i decided to do sunflowers because i wanted to do kind of a ukraine thing right so i chose to do sunflowers so there's a few of them haven't made it there's some of them that have some leaves dying i mean those kinds of organics could go directly back into the soil that gets put on the flowers if i if i just took those kinds of trimmings and used it too hey yeah
1: And you know what, if your green bin is getting full, because yeah, a lot of us do have these giant green bins outside, this is a way to actually reduce that footprint of the green bin, because by the time it's done with it, it's maybe a couple of cupfuls, and then just toss it in the green bin, even if you don't want to use it, let's say in your garden. Mm
0: -hmm. A giant plastic green bin to save the world. Right. <laughs> whole other conversation. Uh, thanks so much. This is fascinating. Mike Yanni, Gadget Guy on YouTube. That link is up at shiftheads.ca. And so you can link directly to Mike's stuff. It's a long list. Mike's been doing this for a long time. And uh, I really appreciate you stepping in and look forward to chatting again, Mike. Thanks for being here, bud.
1: Look forward to it. Thank you.
0: This is the Shift Podcast. I remember when vapes came out. Actually, I remember when I was, I'm going to go backwards in time more. I remember when I was applying to be an apprentice carpenter. I was just out of high school, it was uh, the early 90s. And I was riding in a car with a guy who was a journeyman carpenter and his son also about to become an apprentice carpenter. We had to drive from Fort McMurray to Edmonton five hours. We got in the car, they smoked the whole way, windows closed. I remember getting out of the car for a gas stop a couple of hours into this, like literally trying to push the smoke out of my my lungs. My parents smoked when I was young, and they've quit smoking uh, later in life. I've always wondered why would somebody do this, and I'm not judging you if you do. I truly wasn't inc- curious for me after the experience of being hot boxed in the car and not the good hot box either. The we were riding in the car and I couldn't get it out. So what is it that makes these people want to live with this stuff? That was my first my first real experience as uh, an adult with it. Fast forward to when vaping started and the tobacco industry was like, vaping's terrible for you. And then all of a sudden, tobacco started buying into the vaping and they're like, we can still deliver stuff and sell you things. And they've been spinning it ever since. This really long diatribe is to prove a point. Nicotine is is, to me, this hidden demon in our lives. And if you like to smoke and you like the taste of a good cigarette and a cup of coffee like my mom used to describe it, good. You get to make that choice. I'm not quite sure we truly understand what we're getting ourselves into, and that's what I'm hoping to accomplish today. I look forward to introducing you right now to Eric Donnie. He is a tobacco expert at Wake Forest University School of Medicine. Eric... Is there anything that I said in the beginning there that sounds offside to you that needs a correction?
2: Uh, Not at all. Reminds me of my own mother and Mm. the struggles that she has had and continues to have to try to figure out when to quit and if to quit and when to try to quit again. Are
0: you? uh, Is that
2: one of the reasons why this one matters
0: to you? Because you see it struggle literally in your own life?
2: Yeah, I definitely grew up with that. And, um, you know, I found the... Um, I had a, a sister that died of cancer. I had grandparents that had smoking related diseases. And, you know, the the kind of struggle, the one on, one on one side, her saying that she understands all that and wants to do it and the other side, not being able to, the kind of loss of control issue that seems to happen um, was kind of scientifically interesting to me, but also personally interesting.
0: Yeah, I get that. And it is such a crossroads, right? I mean, I'm not going to judge you if you want to smoke. I'm going to ask you to probably do it over there so I don't have to smell it. But aside from that, you know, I'm not going to judge you, man. Are we educated, though, with what we know? And you can apply the same conversation to sugar. You can apply the same conversation to hidden fats in foods. and foods. And we probably should actually look at all of those things equally. Today, though, nicotine. Let's start, Eric, with the baseline of all the baselines. What is nicotine?
2: Uh, so nicotine is a, a chemical, an alkaloid, that occurs naturally in tobacco and, in fact, other plants, but it just happens to be very concentrated in tobacco. It's it's actually there because it's a pesticide, so it's, it's meant to poison or to, to ward off um, insects. And... Um, We, over many years and over many centuries, people have discovered that it has psychoactive properties. It gets into the brain and can do all sorts of things. Um, But it wasn't really until the beginning of the 1900s that people started to mass produce it in the form of a cigarette. Um, And so prior to that, the amount of nicotine people got and used was quite different than it was once companies figured out how to manufacture and roll cigarettes in mass production.
0: So are we getting more nicotine faster today? Um, uh, I'm, I'm guessing if I look at food production in general, genetically modified foods is a thing it would this is only occurring to me now it would be silly to not think that tobacco has not been modified genetically somewhere along the way to make it more fruitful for the tobacco companies just like food has been
2: sure so there's lots of documents um, from internal documents from the industry that um, show that they understood that what they were selling was nicotine so there's um, lots of great quotes you can get from insiders about how the product they were selling was in fact not just a cigarette but it was this particular compound nicotine Mm -hmm. and that if they controlled how much nicotine was delivered in that product they would control sales Um, and so yes um, the the plant has been selected you there have their the product has been engineered to deliver nicotine better in forms that get to you faster and that are less aversive when you inhale Um, than they would be naturally. So today's cigarette is nothing like if you went out and picked a bunch of tobacco leaves and rolled them up in a piece of paper. That is not at all what a cigarette looks like now when it's made. It is much more engineered and complicated and with the goal to a large extent of delivering nicotine.
0: So when we look at other topics, and if this is out of the purview, that's cool. Just let me know. But when we look at opium, um, opium in its natural state you know, causes, psychedelic effects, all of the things that you're talking about. Now, in the opium trade, it gets manipulated, cut, ingredients added, everything else to a point where opiates today, you can't really trust what's in it. But if you look at some of those other cultures, the coca leaf is another great example. You know, there are cultures that they will pick and chew a coca leaf. They will, you know, they will do these things. So is, are are we, is nicotine today versus True tobacco consumption of back in the day that you're speaking of, is that wide disparity there? And is there some merit to the tobacco leaf, like there is in some cultures with the cocoa leaf and with opium and all those things? Like, is is should we looking be back in time at at a tobacco gum <laughs> that's legit organic?
2: Right. I mean, certainly people, um, indigenous people um, in the, in North America, use tobacco. Um, they have used it generally, um, either in in by chewing it or by um, smoking it, but not um, often. It's not been the type of tobacco plant that produces the high levels of nicotine that we use now. Um, and and so you know you raised the issue earlier. If you just looked and asked, is are we getting better at delivering nicotine? And the answer is, yeah, it's pretty much optimized in a cigarette. Um, and that that level of nicotine, how fast it is and, and how reliable it is, um, is not um, the consequence of just naturally using the, the plant like people did for centuries. It's very different.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's really clear. So um, for people who don't smoke, and I really want to make sure everybody feels included, right? I mean, this to me is the same as you know, when some food is really rich or some chocolate is really rich, lots of sugar in your pop or whatever. I mean, these are the, these are the delivery devices that are saying, Hey, we're going to give you the things that are going to make your body want more of it. Um, you know, so it's not exclusive to just this. When we look at the tobacco though, today, um, I think of methamphetamine, I've been watching breaking bad. (laughs) So, um, but methamphetamine in its purest form is very different than, um, you know, the, the street drugs that many people get both not great for you, but to your point, it is being, when it gets delivered in its most efficient way to keep you hooked, um, there's not much of a defense to that. So is the tobacco itself getting manipulated in such a way or is there an artificial nicotine that is getting inserted into the tobacco because I would imagine in today's world, we can have a synth nicotine that we can kind of pop in there and just make yeah. it in a lab.
2: So they're generally the way that nicotine levels are controlled in a cigarette is not by adding synthetic, for example, nicotine, but by manipulating the kind of um, plant that's grown the species the subspecies, the kind of where you pick the leaves from, um, how you take care of the plant. Those are all determinants of how much nicotine is in there. And then you can give, put in other chemicals that make it easier for that nicotine to get absorbed by your body. Ah. Um, and so, um, but you raise a different issue, which is that you can get nicotine both uh, from other sources than tobacco, although generally it takes so much of those other sources that it's not a very, profitable path. Mm -hmm. But more um, importantly now for vaping products is there's a, a, uh, there are now ways to make synthetic nicotine that isn't derived from a tobacco plant. And at that point, you can add as much or as little, but that has not been added to a cigarette um, that I know of to date. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's talk about vaping because many people have gone and said, I have made the move from tobacco, smoking tobacco to vaping because at least I'm not smoking. To me, that seems to have merits. Okay, at least you're not inhaling smoke. But the reality is, is you're still consuming nicotine. What is vape juice? Does it all have nicotine? Um, And is that sort of core of your study too, is what's going on inside the vape?
2: Sure. Um, Yes, uh, it is definitely core to what we're interested in and I think what most researchers are. Um, The the first answer to your question about how much is in there, is it like a cigarette? Um, I think the best way to think about that is there's a big range. You can have vaping products that produce very little nicotine and aren't good at giving it to people, frankly. And so if you're a smoker who switches to those products, you may not be very satisfied by it. On the Flip side, you can, in theory, have vaping products that expose you to much more nicotine than a cigarette mm-hmm. because, you know, it's an electronic product that can be engineered a lot easier than a plant. Well, my um, buddy
0: Jeff, he just turns the dial, man, and up it goes. That's right. That's went, right. And he even said to uh, someone else, we were out golfing and he was, you know, everyone was having drinks or whatever. There is a sort of a casual weekend warrior smoker. He said, can I try that? And he's like, yeah, no problem. You're going to want to turn it down, though, if you're new right? So is that what we're talking about here? Is that kind of manipulation literally on your devices for the amount of nicotine you can get?
2: Absolutely can wow. be on more powerful devices. It's very common. It's less common for the types of devices that kids have been using, but more yeah. common for kind of the techies and people that are, are very into it to have that level of control.
0: Okay. Why is nicotine so addictive?
2: It's a million dollar question. Um, So I think there's a number of, of reasons. So it doesn't produce, you know, we think of addiction as being like a, a high, right? So that, you know, if you use heroin, um, you get this, this euphoric effect. Um, nicotine doesn't do that, right? Um, what it tends to do is much, a little bit more subtle, um, but maybe more insidious. Um, so it, um, it definitely improves your attention. It increases, um, parts of your brain that tell you that something good is happening, that something rewarding is going on, and that the behavior you just engaged in, that you really want to do that again. So, kind of um, helps you learn that, or, you know, forces you to learn that that behavior is something that you'll want to repeat. Um, it tends to, in the short term, make other things a little bit better. Um, So, for example, if you give uh, somebody nicotine and then something else that they might like a little bit, they tend to enjoy it a little bit more um, because of the nicotine. So, it has a number of ways in which it seems to be positive. Mm. It makes it so much into our daily lives that a lot of its addictive potential, I think, has to do with how integrated it is to people's
0: life Mm.
2: so all those effects come and go all day long with all sorts of regular activities and so people learn oh when i do this when i do that i can expect nicotine and then they start to crave nicotine under those conditions, and so
3: well, forth.
0: S- social conditioning is a powerful beast, my friend. Yeah, um, this is this is fantastic. Uh, this is Eric, by the way. Uh, Eric Donny is a tobacco expert, and um, I mean, I get it. You want to be well social I belong for in my work with with words and writing belonging is such an important thing and all of a sudden you're new at work, you're trying to meet people, maybe you struggle socially, we all go through these things. These are real things. This is not isolated to weird people. This is all of us. We're all weird. So what's your opportunity? Well, if you go have a smoke, or if you go be with the smokers. Social time, get a little break from work, get time to have a smoke, meet some new people, bum a smoke, best way to introduce yourself to anybody, right? So it really taps into some of the most core foundational rooted human I belong uh, social uh, cues, doesn't it?
2: It does. And importantly, it does it not just like other behaviors you may do that like, you know, going and golfing with your friends does that too but it does it as a drug. And so it goes to the parts of the brain and changes activities while you do those things. That's kind of what makes it different in that it's doing it because of pharmacology too, not just because of social setting.
0: Yeah. So then I guess I, I, out of my, my education realm, but the reality reality is, is that not only do you have a behavior that gets established, then you have literally uh physiological response to that behavior, and you have a chemical manipulation of your body at the same time. So it really starts to stack it all together.
2: Exactly. Wow.
0: So Um, what do we need to know about tobacco? Uh, Nicotine, I guess, because I'm going to call all these things, the cigarettes, the vapes, whatever. I call them uh, nicotine delivery devices because that's what they are. And that's where tobacco hated vaping in the beginning because they're like, oh my God, competition. And then they just bought it all because they're like, oh, nicotine delivery. That's us. We could have done that, Mm -hmm. right? And so the same tobacco lobby companies that email me constantly saying, hey, we've got the whatever, whatever research of whatever. um, They encourage you, to quit smoking and go to vaping margins are better and they by the way they still get to deliver you nicotine we we really need to look at all the hookah is another one my neighbor smokes the shisha uh in the back um he's like you want to try it and i do i really want to try it but i said to him is there nicotine in this he's like yes i'm like well i'm good what do we need to know about nicotine that we don't know eric
2: so i think The first thing we want to recognize. So everything we've talked about today focuses on addiction. And I think that is a really important health consequence of nicotine use, no matter what the product. So people really don't like giving up their freedom and choice and feeling addicted to something. And so that's a negative effect for them. But the other part of this that's, I think, really important is not all ways of using nicotine are equally deadly. Um, Some we know are. Cigarettes, we know if you're a lifetime smoker, you have about a 50-50 chance of dying from smoking. That's, to me, that's crazy that we have a legal product that you go buy at any convenience store that yep. makes makes you wanna use it for a lifetime. Makes and actually, the government money. Makes everybody money, right? <laughs> and has a 50-50 chance of killing. you. On the other side, we have products that are probably far less harmful. They may not be harmless, Um, and they certainly can create an addictive addiction. Um, but we need to recognize that it's not just nicotine. It's not nicotine that causes most of the death and disease. That's what causes the addiction, right? Death and disease mostly comes from cigarettes. And so we need to do everything we can to reduce that harm too. So it's getting that balance right between worrying about addiction and worrying about
0: disease. Okay, so I have an, here's an invite for you, Eric. Let's you and I go skydiving.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We got a 50-50 chance of our parachute opening. That means one of us statistically is not gonna make it. Wanna go?
2: <laughs> Absolutely not. Exactly. So, <laughs> why would you, <laughs>
0: so why would you do it with a cigarette, right? So okay. that's wild. Okay, so is that the problem though? Nicotine doesn't kill you therefore it doesn't get regulated as opposed to other things that can kill you they get regulated but in this particular case uh, nicotine is the
2: hook yeah i think that the reason it's not regulated is purely historical we had the product being sold and users all over before we started to really regulate it if that product came on now i mean you can imagine if i if i brought to market a product that I said, it's really gonna make people want to use it and they won't be able to stop. And it's gonna kill half of them, but it's gonna sell like wildfire. You know, it's Mm -hmm. gonna spread like wildfire. I'd get, it would be absurd.
0: It's gonna look great in black and white photos.
2: Right. Um, So the question is, when do we move away from that as a world, right? I mean, how do we shift away and not just live in that history? I think that's the question that people, you know, need to decide. Do they wanna live in that world indefinitely? Um, or do we want to do, you know, take some more aggressive steps to try to move beyond that and look back at it?
0: Now, I'm going to just ask your opinion on this question because I don't want to put you in a pickle because um, uh, I think it must be pretty ugly. In your opinion, what you've seen, I'm not asking you to speak against anybody because we've got to be in integrity here. The pro-tobacco, pro-nicotine, pro-vape lobby is monstrous in today's world, it is rich, it is monstrous. Does it still surprise you in your work, um, how powerful that lobby is? I'm hoping for just your perspective versus, I don't want you to attack anybody, so take that as you will.
2: Yeah. Um, It doesn't surprise me, no. Um, You know, that sort of lobbying politics comes down to very local environments and lots of local communities look at the tobacco industry as, and I live in one, that um, as part of their local economy as something that if disrupted could be difficult for small businesses. Now I think the assumptions in that are not necessarily accurate, but I think that's people's reaction to more aggressive stances sometimes. And and so, uh, you know, I wish it wasn't the case, but I guess I don't find it surprising that they wield that much power.
0: Does it give? Uh, does this give us some clues, though, when we can learn about nicotine? It can help us break some of the uh, the hog tie that nicotine can have over us.
2: I think um, yes. I, I do think that one way to move forward is to really hold companies responsible for what they say is part of their mission, which is. If you, if you ask major tobacco companies now, what's the future hold for them? They will say the future has nothing to do with the combusted cigarette, it has everything to do with other products that are way safer. If we hold them accountable for that, we should be forcing them to that future much faster. We can't sit around and, and take that on their word and hope that the world slowly makes its way that way. Um, because the incentives for change are not strong for them. We have to create those incentives for change. We have to shape a world that moves that industry along. So I do think we need to figure out ways. I think the industry knows it's coming eventually. It's just a matter of when.
0: Well, it has to be. Um, We've only scratched the surface here, haven't we?
2: Yeah. All
0: right. Will you come back on? Can we talk about this some more?
2: Absolutely. It was a lot of fun
0: uh eric donnie is a tobacco expert at wake forest university school of medicine uh, really nice to meet you eric i do look forward to learning more about this
2: thank you it's great to meet you too, Shane.
1: this is the shift podcast
0: Ben O'Hara Byrne, A Little More Conversation is the show before this show. If you don't listen normally, I invite you to do that. It's a fantastic program. And uh, joins us here so we can play this little game called Game Showy. Let's recap. Actually, you know what? Let's just get started and then we'll uh, we'll get into all these things. So um, how does it work if you don't know Game Showy? Well, let's get you started. It's time for Game Showy! It's trivia like a game show. And it's called Game Showy because we couldn't come up with anything better. Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell.
4: We had absolutely no clue on what to name it, but we know how to make a damn good radio show, don't we, folks? Welcome back to Game Showy. Some <laughs> trivia here for you. We are going to play some very specific uh, Game Showy because not only is this a rematch of the century, because last time Ben yes. O'Haraburn and Shane faced off on this show, Shane pulled out a surprising victory. In your own words, you were not expecting I'm right here. You were. You told me straight (laughs) up Ben's going to mop the floor with me. Oh, Ben is so much smarter than me. So we got that rematch. But we're also Mm -hmm. following up on an older idea because a few months ago, about almost exactly a month ago, we played a round of game showing all about the Calgary Stampede. Well, coming up now, is the PE and the CNE, all of the Bobby other Goy. summer festivals mm-hmm. across the country. So, our categories for today's trivia showdown are the PE, the CNE, and summer festivals in Canada. That's music festivals, comedy, you name it. So, it's pretty simple. It's trivia. If you get the answer right, you will hear this sound. Excellent. If you get it wrong, you get it wrong, (laughs) you hear this. Mm.
1: Nobody cheers. Computer says (laughs) no.
4: Yeah, no. Now, we are going to do something a little bit different on this game, Shoei. So if you're listening right now, I need you to get your phone out. If you are not driving. and Don't be driving. Don't be driving. Can't afford the ticket. Because there is a special question hidden within the game. And it is called the text line special. I am going to ask you, the listeners, right now a question. I need you to text in your answers, 877-399-9898. If the majority of the answers are correct, the contestant who selects this question, which will be random, will get a bonus point, potentially oh, wow. a game changer. So but If you get it wrong. Uh, if you get it wrong, uh, then that you miss out on some big points. So, I have the question ready, 877 399 Your question is... <laughs> <laughs> i guess yeah sure well yeah let's put the music the question is this what was the cne originally called was it the ontario national exhibition the toronto park parade the canadian international expo or the toronto industrial exhibition
0: that's right. If you are a shift head and you want to play with Game Showy, text it in now. 877 399 9898 You can help Shane, because he desperately needs it, beat Ben O'Hara Byrne on Game Showy. Again. <laughs>
4: Again. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, with that out of the way, I think we're ready to go. Now, because Shane won, I'm going to give the first pick to ben now ben we are playing for tickets at the midway so you could potentially not only win trivia but also win a cute stuffed animal so uh, you can pick a question and a value of tickets for the question for the difficulty whenever you're right it's
3: it's one two or three is that right
4: yes one two or three up to three tickets is the max all right yes
3: since i've been to the cne um i will take the cne for three For three.
4: Wow. Big ticket. All right. wow. Okay, we're starting off. Here is your question, Ben. There are two major parades at the CNE. The -hmm. Warriors Day Parade for veterans and the Labor Day Parade on the day that the CNE ends. But Mm -hmm. what parade is held every single night at the end of the CNE show as it closes down? I will give you a hint. It is a type of parade that is held often around the world.
3: Oh, there's no, there's no guessing here. All right, no, there's no uh, guessing
4: here. It is very, it is a very, very popular parade. Oh, oh, this is a tough one. No,
3: it is a tough one. There you go. I'm going to be um, uh, uh, a horse parade.
4: A horse Ooh. parade. The horse well, parade. there are horses in the parade. I'll give you one more. I'm being, I'm, I'm going to be generous because it's the first question. Oh, and Shane, don't worry, oh, I'll God. help you out really? too. Okay, already. this this particular this... type of parade is very culturally significant. As a specific name, it's culturally significant.
3: Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to get it at this time of <laughs> Okay, all right. Seen. Significant horse parade. Move on. All right, I'm yeah, sorry. Significant horse parade, yep. A significant horse parade. Yeah, significant I sure horse parade. would have thought of it, but it's not going to come to me.
4: I'm sorry. Okay, well, I'm sorry. A significant horse parade is incorrect. Mm. Shane, you have five mm. seconds to steal. Do you know the answer?
0: I do not know the answer, so I'm going to go with, like, the retro car show parade.
4: That is incorrect. The correct yeah. answer is Mardi Gras. There is yeah, a Mardi really? Gras parade every single night at the CNE. Oh, I should have Okay, done that. well, we're but starting it off it with, it uh, with yeah. a, a big fat L. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, Shane. Um, okay. Big fat L. L. Thanks for oh. coming, Ben. You <laughs> I'll be ducking out now. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, we have got plenty of time here, Shane. What's uh, where are All we right. going? well I'm not for... gonna be
0: as lofty as Ben O'Hara Byrne yeah. here. So I'm gonna go with uh since he went to C and am I'm gonna go P and E for two tickets. Or as P&E they say in the commercials the, the peeny.
4: Okay, the Peony. Your question is this What Canadian superstar was discovered at the P and E talent show? In 1995, Mm
2: -hmm. was
4: it Carly Rae Jepsen, Mm -hmm. Michael Buble, Mm -hmm. Ryan Gosling, or Mm -hmm. Alessia Cara?
0: Okay, now I'm going to uh, just sort of mathematically eliminate... Alessia Carr was not discovered there. She's not from Vancouver. Uh, Ryan Gosling you know, chased the acting thing, so no, he was not. I know who was part of discovering Carly Ray Jepsen. Just saying. I was afraid the, I'm just going to throw that one out there. Someone who might have been a music director back in the day. And uh, so that just leaves me with Michael Bubbles. So I'm going with Buble. That's my guess.
4: Okay. Well, that is, yes, by process of elimination and surprising deep knowledge. Uh, it is uh, Michael Buble. Yes, that is correct. There you He's go. Yes. Well he was actually disqualified from that uh, uh, from that specific talent show because he was underage at the time, and then right. he was uh, entered into some youth talent shows, and the rest is history. So there you go, Shane in the lead it with two Shane midway tickets. Pressure's already ben, on, Ben. Though the pressure is on, but hey, we're, we're just getting started here, Ben. A reminder: the categories are the peony the CNE and summer festivals in Canada. I'll have to go back
3: to the CNE cuz I'm feeling wounded from getting having gotten the first one wrong and go for two tickets for the CNE.
4: Two tickets Suck for the CNE. Okay, yeah. all right. This is a fun question. I'm excited yeah. about this one. Okay. One of the events that I am about to read for you was a very yeah. real thing that was held at the CNE. It is not done okay. anymore, but this mm-hmm. was very real. Yeah. So there are four events that I'm about to read for you. Three okay. are fake. One is real. Mm-hmm. You need to okay. tell me which is the real attraction at the CNE in the 1980s.
3: Okay, in the 80s, the first, all right.
4: In the mm-hmm. 80s, a poutine eating contest, mm-hmm. car polo, mm-hmm. pin the tail on the beaver, or the mm-hmm. mayoral bathtub race.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go with, uh, with
4: car polo. Car Polo, mm-hmm. Ben, I'm going to give you one point because you picked a incorrect but also not totally wrong answer because the <laughs> correct answer is the mayoral bathtub race. Right. So Still Car, polo, Car <laughs> polo was, I'm keeping it competitive and I'm in control. Oh, you don't Car to, yeah, Polo, yeah, it's all right. Car polo was indeed a actual event at the CNE but in the yes. early 20s, like long ah, time ago. Okay. But in well, the 1980s, yeah. the CNE somehow race. was able to get regional mayors to race around Lake Makes Ontario sense. in bathtubs that had motors attached to them. Makes sense. You know, so Hazel McCallion you, probably would have done it. And yeah, she, you know, right. Yep, got it. Uh, Perfect. So yes. I'm going to give you one ticket. So I'm going to give you one ticket uh, because you picked something that was real. Shane's going
3: to gonna say it. the fix is in here.
4: Yeah. <laughs> All right well
3: it's clearly okay. in
0: i mean let's just uh, call it for what it is oh uh, yeah all right all right because no. he gave me the big l earlier yeah you he can hit the correct
4: bad. one for that. Yay! <laughs> okay shane you're up next where are we going well i'll
0: go with summer festivals for two tickets there bob oh
4: all right bob with uh what canadian music festival was named the best in north america in 2019? 2019 2019 chasing summer mm-hmm. the quebec city summer festival Mm-hmm. Oshiega, or mm-hmm. shambhala
0: oh it's gotta be shambhala all the hippies man living in the trees
4: chasing the sasquatch man wow yeah, oh, you see the sasquatch with the music <laughs> man
0: he was dancing
4: it, well yeah you're correct shambhala <laughs> oh,
0: i got lucky uh, two yeah, music yeah. questions that's what all that no, is that's
4: two, great you did get lucky it is two music questions there right, are more worry. than music questions rhino that's all for them, you, actually man yeah no uh <laughs> nice. well we can keep this train going ben uh where are we going next we'll have to go i guess for uh peony for three then peony for three okay oh, this, is yeah. this is a tough it's one this is a tough one tough one yeah why well swinging for the fence? what okay what is they the? get name harder with the
0: more the... tickets on them by the way ben like that's but, the thing yeah, yeah. Gotta... I, yeah i
4: know but, but he's <laughs> trying because he's only uh shane you have four and he has one so if he gets three he could tie it here All right. so <laughs> what is the name of the park where the PE was created and built on, is it Andy Livingstone Park, yep. Emery Barnes Park, mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth Park, mm-hmm. or Hastings Park? It's the last one, Hastings. Hastings Park, 1889 is correct. <coughs> oh, we got a tie game. It was uh, granted by the province of BC. And uh, originally it was built as Park for Recreation and Enjoyment of the Public. 160 acres, now 172. There you go. We got a tie game, there, folks. Four tickets.
0: So Ben just took this, the PNE, right? Yep. All right. So I'm going back to Toronto. I'm going
4: two tickets yep. for the CNE, please. Dun, 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 dun. Shane, mm. you just found... The text line special. Oh, the text line special. The text line special wow. question right. was hidden so within was the CNE.
0: Okay, hang yeah. on. Hey, wait, 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 wait. It's time for the text
4: line special question. So, Bob? Now, thanks, Bob. The question was posed to the texters. So, Shane, you have no control here. It is up to mm-hmm. them if you win or not. The question was, what was the CNE, the Canadian National, Ex- uh, I almost say expedition, exhibition originally called? The Ontario National Exhibition, the Toronto Park Parade, the Canadian International Expo, or the Toronto Industrial Exhibition.
1: Come
4: now, on, I guys. said, if the majority of the texters get it right, you get the point. Yes, and on. incredibly, every single person who texted, every single one of them got it Right.
3: There you go. Wow.
4: And the answer is them. the Toronto Industrial Exhibition. That is correct. The CNE was originally called it. It was founded in eighteen seventy-nine to showcase the latest in technology. So for the bonus points, Shane, you actually get three for that because the textures um, are so smart. Yes. Five points now. Five points uh total. Shane uh no, you have Six. nine now. Nine. Six. Where are we at? You got five Four. extra points yeah you got no he got three points plus okay four so yeah there so you go. seven, <laughs> we seven can't points count. math is it's not my strong well. suit. okay uh okay
0: we so have i didn't know that answer i'm going to i need to confess i did not know that so yeah like legit no, so yeah. the shift heads absolutely um
4: save my butt sorry man good stuff good stuff no worries. no worries yeah well done okay well man you guys are blazing through this uh through this, Ben, you, uh, you're. You, we still have plenty of time here. So, uh, where are we going next? You're down uh, three and one about, and one, right? One, yeah, in,
3: one st- in CNE, one in PNE, and three and one in. Uh, there is a
4: three-ticket question left in the summer festivals question. If you oh, want we'll to get to close, we will have to take that one then. We'll have to okay. take Okay, alrighty. Uh, where did it go? There it is. Okay, for three tickets. Yep. Where is Canada's largest air show held? Oh, right. Is it Toronto,
3: mm-hmm.
4: Abbotsford, Winnipeg, yeah. or Hamilton? Abbotsford, I'd say. In the mid nineteen seventies, Abbotsford was designated by Can- Speed, Canada's national air show for three points. There, Come you got on. it. Ding ding ding, well done, ding, ding, ding 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 ding. Very good. So we got a good stuff. I knew that. A that was <laughs> That wasn't so, so that wasn't too bad. You see, I yeah. can be I can be fair. I can be Yeah. I can be generous. Mm-hmm. Now Shane, fair. you're still in the lead. Uh so I we were tied. Oh no, he got the bonus or, point that's he got right. the no, bonus I thought we were point. tied. I thought we were Wait, tied because let got me, the three. Yeah, pl- yeah. He's at so seven.
3: I'm just six on I, a <laughs> I would like to go
0: on the tilter world. Can we go on the tilt world?
4: Oh no, uh <laughs> so, no, so Ben is down by one point. Shane is at right. seven. Ben is at six, which I think is actually a game show record. We are blazing is through it? my questions here. I'm, I'm so we only have... the, I think you gave me that bonus point, and now I'm at
3: seven because I got two threes and a one. I'm not going to contest this, but we can take the bonus <laughs> point away. Okay, okay. Well,
4: I'm looking at a one, a three, and a two right now. So, I love that. Shane, <laughs> <laughs> I will do the final calculations. All right. Shane, All right. where are we going next? You're ahead I... by one
0: probably to the unemployment line based on how this is going um yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with the uh, oh boy CNE's tough I did I lived in Ontario uh, one two three times uh, three different cities in Ontario but I the CNE I've never actually been to uh-huh.
4: a really
0: PE I've been to um, so I'm gonna go with the PNE for one okay. ticket uno Tioto
4: okay uh, let's uh, let's do this one how much was admission to the PNE? In 1910. Oh like, was wow, it free! Wow, was it yeah. 10 cents, 50 cents, or one dollar?
0: Free 10 cents, 50 cents, or one dollar? Yeah, well, it wouldn't have been a dollar, like
4: wow, <laughs> um, <laughs> 10,000 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Back then, yeah, uh,
0: it'd be like today where admissions like 10 bucks and parking's 120, so such as Vancouver. I'm gonna go with 10 cents because it couldn't have been free. And 50 cents yeah. feels like a lot. That's four bits. That seems yeah. like a lot back then. So I'm going yeah. with 10 cents.
4: That is incorrect. Mm. Ben, was you got free? five seconds to steal. Was
3: free. We'll have to go with free. Uh, that is also incorrect. It was oh, $0. no. It was 50 <laughs> cents.
4: It was, <laughs> wait, 50 wait, wait. it was
0: expensive in 1910. No, wait, wait. Was there an NDP government back in 1910? Cause they, <laughs> was it, how, what was the proper answer, Ryan?
3: It was 50 cents. Also oh, was like three
0: three cents to get in, and then forty seven cents in in fuel taxes. Is that how that works?
3: <laughs> no, it was <this is> expensive. <laughs> man. Was it fifty cents in nineteen ten? That seems like an awful lot of money. Yeah, 19- I have to I wasn't check. Around, I'm curious what that is with inflation?
4: Well, so Ben, you are still still a point down. Um, a point down. However, there is one two ticket question left, in and this the is going to be the last question category. And this is Pressure the last veggie. question. Or Which you one can is tie it? In the P&E, or you can tie it in any of the other categories, and we end with a tie. uh, uh
3: you know, let's see. In the p e there's two, and there's one in the CNE, and, the, and the and the. I'll go for the two. Why not? Let's
4: go Why for not? the two. Okay. Yeah.
3: Go big or Love go home. What? For the fences, okay. Big fellow.
4: <laughs> this was an Olympic gold medal, first for Canada, and it happened inside the Pacific Coliseum, one of the P&E's attraction. What mm-hmm. sport did Canada finally win? A gold medal and home, in uh, at home for, was it? <laughs> you would
3: just say ice,
4: <laughs> ice dan- It is ice. It is ice related, obviously, because it's in the Peony Coliseum. Was it speed skating, singles mm-hmm. figure skating, or yeah. pairs ice dance?
3: Uh it would have to be pairs ice dance
4: tessa virtue and scott moore yes canada's first ever <laughs> olympic ice dance gold medal at the pacific coliseum ding ding ding
3: i watched this game. Yeah, yeah. i got an he,
0: easy one i love that scott moore is a friend of the shift man he's been he on a few times we love shift, that dude. guy he, is he
3: awesome yeah. Oh, yeah cruel and unusual that was perfect what a good questions <laughs> thank you for that ryan it was that was pretty challenging man it was fifty think, cents was to get into good. the I know P&E that's the 19...
0: thing
4: we're all gonna be left no, with. That can't Hold be right.
0: On. Like that me, number's not right. Yeah. It was five cents and then forty five percent uh, forty five no, cents you, in taxes. I got
4: these statistics directly <laughs> from the C website. I, 10, I get it, but it was it's been one hundred year
0: okay, The BC cents. government's gotta get their four thousand <laughs> percent cut that they always do about all things. So
2: Canada.
4: it's always been that uh, way. Well fifty cents uh, that would be I'm I'm checking the inflation. Rate. Are you? Okay, so you do that and I'm gonna no, I don't. Now I'm on a coin collector's website. No, that's not what I want. <laughs> that's what always happens.
2: <laughs> Thank you
4: very we'll see right much
3: for two, listening. Right to back to in game two weeks. showy.
0: <laughs> it's a game show in the form of trivia.
3: Our winner, Ben O'Hara Byrne. Uh,
0: Join him the- later tonight on the Chorus Radio Network for a little more conversation. Don't forget, get your pet spader or neutered.